being around sports media and a fan of oh my NC State Wolfpack for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed magic in Chicago, Michael in LA, and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former sports center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will probably open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment for the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall. Legacies will change forever. New goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS NFL Podcast. I'm Katie Mox here with Sportsline's finest, RJ White, and the Brinstigator, Will Brinson. Today <laughs> is our NFL Week 1 way-too-early vetting lines show. You like that, Brinstigator. All right, make sure you keep it locked with us all week long for more off-season news. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe on the YouTube page. And if you're listening to auto audio only, do the same. Download, follow, leave a five-star review, and tell your friends to listen and watch the pod. RJ. Lines are out. How excited are we to start betting on football? Yeah, very excited. I mean, there's there's value to be had. These lines are going to move a ton. It's not like a, a regular season game where you have six days to move the line, seven days to move the line. These lines are going to be way different. But the problem is, of course, if you're betting uh, with a limited bankroll, you have to lock up your money for for four months before the games were played. So you have to kind of determine way whether what you're going to do in that sense. But um, you're not going to get any better value than than right now when the lines just come out. Unless, yeah, well, like, Lamar Jackson is traded. Whoa. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I mean, like, you're putting that out into the universe, for instance? <laughs> well, no, I was really more like just sort of thinking about how, you know, I mean, we thought that he might be traded at one point, you know, and like that's how, you know, like, like it's all dependent on like certain situations, you know, what, what could like, could X happen with, you know, I mean, like, the, but the point being is the only way you're going to get better value is if, you jump if you jump on the line when some kind of injury or some kind of news happens over the next several months. And I mean, we're probably, you know, knock on wood, nobody won't let anybody get injured, but I mean, we're probably, probably done on the news cycle, right? In terms of anybody big moving. 
Yeah, Rogers, uh, Lamar, we're good. I think we're good. Yeah. Are we going to have a drama-free June? Oh, we'll see. We'll see I don't if, know about uh, if, uh, that. Antonio Brown <laughs> says, oh, God. I want to go play for Aaron Rodgers and the Jets, and, and then the world goes mad for three weeks. We'll see if that happens. That could. That's a good point. Um, we'll yeah, have an Antonio uh, Brown-filled June. Let's get on these week ones. Let's get on these week ones. But Dom in the chat said, are you going to have Matt Ryan on the show now that he's a part of CBS? Welcome to the network, Matt Ryan. And yes, we hope to have him on the Pick 6 podcast. But let's start with uh, week and, one. And, well, First, let's clarify. Matt Ryan has been on this podcast multiple times. Before oh. he was joined CBS, yeah. Friend of the podcast, technically, under the rules. Friend of the podcast, and then we hope to our... have him on more. Of course, of course. More. Um, okay, good. I didn't know that, but excited to have him on when I'm on with me. All right. Uh, let's look at week one spreads. Uh, let's Some of the tighter ones that are a field goal or lower. RJ, first looking at the Panthers at the Falcons. This line is three, favoring Atlanta. Over under is 47. What's your early lean for this matchup? Yeah, three here, two and a half at a few other places. Um, I think if this line's coming off the three at Caesar, it's going to be Toward the Panthers, toward the underdog, my initial power spread rating has this line as Falcons minus two. I think that would be appropriate for for the regular season. So I think it might move toward the Panthers. I would go, if I'm going anywhere, I don't think it's a ton of value, but I would go the Panthers at this point. You look at the quarterback position, Panthers have the more talented quarterback. Atlanta has the more experienced quarterback, even if it's only by you know a few games, however many he played. Um, so I, I don't know. I think they're pretty even teams. I have them evenly rated. I give Atlanta two points for home field. So I think two is the right line. By the way, RJ, you would be so proud of me what I did over the weekend. Um, this is the, like I spent a large portion of my Saturday and Sunday creating an NFL schedule matrix. So on CBSSports.com right now, you can go and look. And I did uh, projected records for every single team in the NFL, how I think they would finish. I went through and played their schedule out. But in I actually created several formulas in this Excel thing. Like I didn't just type W or L and then add them up to the end. I had to actually count them in the formula and, uh, and turn green or or blue, or green, or red. Excuse me, or, or yellow for buy. Uh, but actually, put it together, and it was it was very illuminating in the sense that, um, you know, you kind of going through that game by game. And I know you you like to do the same thing, and you have your power ratings, but like it, it just gives you a better feel overall for, you know, wh where you stand on certain games. And I think I had Atlanta winning this one, but it was definitely a toss up. And you, know, you think back to what we've seen from the Panthers. Um, with Matt Rule coaching or Steve Wilkes coaching, and they hung with Atlanta. They kept things pretty tight. You now have Frank Wright coaching. It was a massive, massive coaching upgrade. Um, I think the Falcons are going to be really good. I had them winning uh, 10 games and Carolina winning eight, but you know, coin flips here or there. I think the Falcons find a way to win this one, but I'm with you. If you're getting three points and you talk about the experience that Desmond Ritter has, I mean – Bryce Young, pretty experienced too, just in terms of playing football at a high level, granted not the NFL, but I trust this Carolina coaching staff to make life easy for him. I know he's not getting the first team reps, but let's be real here. If, if It's a massive, massive disappointment if he doesn't end up being the week one starter. I think he will be. And if you're giving me three in a divisional game with a total this low, I'm absolutely taking the points. And even with the experience, you know, the, we talk about the quarterbacks, maybe the offenses are even. I think the Carolina defense is, is ahead, you know, even with the upgrades that Atlanta made. I like the Brinson's coming from my corner, though, with all this Excel work and, and schedule. I put my uh, Excel spreadsheet. Who is this Thursday, man? Thursday night. I have, color, 
color coding for Thursday, Monday games to know where the short rest happens, color coding oh, the London London games so you know like what's truly not a, an actual road or home game. And um and I analyzed all that and actually went team by team, gave about 300 words on every team where the positives and negatives for the schedule uh, occur when if you like betting their futures, when's the time to do it now or during the season mm-hmm. at some point. So went game by game on sports line, put the AFC teams out Friday, NFC teams out today on Monday. So uh, go check it out if you're a sports line subscriber. And if you're not, you can sign up today. It's only $1 to sign up for Sportsline. So make sure you go ahead and do that. I can't wait as the season goes on for Brinson to refer back to his model and what his model is saying for uh, <laughs> these games. Uh, moving on to the Battle of Ohio. You know me Fun too fact, well. I mean, I'm totally going to do that all season you, long. <laughs> according to my model. Yeah, I even, I even, because I, like I will do golf models, right? But if it's, you know, it's like Fantasy National, it's like, you know, imp, you know I'm, I'm plugging in stats and having it spit it out for me, but it's, it's my model. This is really just me saying, win or loss and then but like if you read the article i wrote katie like th- you're so spot a lot about this because i was like when i ran through my projections it's really just like it's really just like like letting it it's like if w it's like add up the w's in this column add up the l's and there's my there's my model so yes you have correctly identified my false hubris that shall be occurring throughout the season well, I can't wait for it. Uh, fun fact, RJ, I don't know if you know that Breach is basically an odds maker. We did a show right after the schedule was released, and he correctly guessed almost all of these. So we're looking at this Battle of Ohio. Bengals minus two and a half over under 48. Breach somehow guessed two and a half, like right on the dot here. But how do you see this one playing out? I think Breach is underselling the Bengals. I think um, you're giving uh, this line either paints a very optimistic picture for the Browns, a team I have rated as dead average. I think it's fair to put them as a zero in my power ratings and then say they're they're a dead average team. Or, or this line doesn't credit the Bengals for being a top tier team. I think the Bengals are right there with the Chiefs and Bills and the AFC, obviously. And those are teams that I have, you know, seven points better than average, six and a half points better than average that in that that realm. So even giving the Browns two and a half points of home field advantage, I don't see why this number is where it is while the market's willing to make like the Eagles for example, four and a half favorites at point favorites at New England. I don't know that New England and Cleveland are any different in terms of team strength and the, or the Bengals and Eagles, you know, both top tier teams. So this line feels light to me. I think it moves toward the Bengals. I, I, I would be surprised if it doesn't close at least three, but I think it should be higher. One of the things about the Bengals the past couple of years, you know, we go back and look uh, last year, they lost 23, 20 in overtime uh, to the Steelers in week one in 2021. They won in overtime, 27-24 against the Vikings. And then in 2020, they lost 13-16 to to the Chargers. So you have the Cincinnati Bengals, three season openers in week one. All three, two of those three games went to overtime. All three games decided by three points. And I think what's really interesting about this and Cincinnati is to really dovetail into what RJ is saying too, the Bengals in 2020 had a rookie quarterback in Joe Burrow in completely unprecedented times, I mean, it's insane how far away 2020, like, you know, August of 2020 feels like, you know, we're like, will we have football? Maybe, um, you know, Joe Burrow being a rookie in a pandemic in 2021, Joe Burrow is coming off a torn ACL and trying to rehab and get ready for the start of the season. And in 2022, Joe Burrow had this uh, burst appendix, which is not appendicitis, right? I mean, like it, it was a burst appendix, major surgery. Could have gone, I think he went septic even potentially point being if Joe Burrow maintains his current track of not having to deal with monster like issue at the start of the season, I think we could look at Cincinnati as the team that RJ is sort of painting the picture of where this is an elite team. 
They lost some pieces on defense, but they really upgraded the offensive line in a big way. They have these young receivers who we treat as superstars, but are still, you know, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins are not like veteran receivers. You know, they're coming into their own. Like these, Jamar Chase is in his third year. I mean, he could, he could go off for like 2,000 yards. Nothing would surprise me. I had the Bengals actually winning their first six games before dropping one at San Francisco out of the bye in my model. Um, and then I have the Browns as really more like a, I don't know, a seven win team. I, I think, I think Cincinnati could roll them by 15 or 20 points in this game. RJ, what do yeah, you think so, about this total? Oh, sorry. You want to, I was going to say the, the, the moral of the story is go take the Bengals minus two and a half. Great bet. And then yeah. you'll get Joe Burrow in bubble wrap, you know, maybe run, you know, the intersections around his house, do some like traffic guard stuff. Just make sure that nothing, no injury comes to that man because we need him healthy for this game. Yeah, absolutely. What do you, what is your take on the total at 48 Bengals went seven and 11 and one on the over last year at Browns eight and eight and one, but of course they had a different quarterback throughout uh, their campaign. How do you feel about this 48? Yeah, they had a better quarterback for a lot of their campaign. Cause that guy that came back in week 12 did not look good. Not look as good mm-hmm. as, as, as backup for some of the points. So we'll see if you'd like to say you better in year two, full off season to prepare, whatever. Well, he was able to prepare, you know, for, for, for that season. He just did not play well. Um, the thing about totals in week one teams, typically they're not playing their starters throughout the, the, um, the preseason. So they tend to be a little bit rusty. Things aren't, aren't rolling. Um, you know, so I, I like to look at unders anyway, this Browns team, I'm not sure they're going to score a ton of points in this game. So 48 seems like a guy totaled me. I think it comes down to that 45 range. Um, so, my lean on that would be the under. It'll be interesting to see what the uh, team total for the Browns looks like uh, in that opening game. All right, next up, we're going to look at the Dolphins versus the Chargers. Tua uh, versus Herbie fully loaded, hopefully. This also under field goal, two and a half favoring LA and higher total at 50, RJ? Yeah, two and a half across the board. My my power ratings, I, I give the Dolphins a little more credit than I think the market. I have mm. this at Chargers minus one. So I would lean this toward the Dolphins. I think it, it, it's questionable whether it does move toward the Dolphins. Everybody has two and a half right now. When you see a two and a half, you're, you're your gut reaction is to bet the two and a half and think it's going to land three. Um, so take to take the chargers, but I just think dolphins are better than they're being given credit for If The market is confident into his health. I think there'll be a move to get this line closer to, to pick him. And Miami added Jalen Ramsey. And the big one is Fick Fangio to me. He's going to turn it that defense pretty, pretty good. I've talked about in this podcast in the past, and I need to take a big step forward and really make the dolphins a contender in the AFC East race with the bills that nobody's talking about because of the Aaron Rodgers trade. So um, we'll see what happens there. The chargers have also upgraded a problematic coordinator position. Position, uh, by bringing in Kellen Moore, and so maybe they'll stop taking shots on, on at the OPC position from Will Brinson and, and me and everyone every week. Um, <laughs> so maybe that'll help too. Um, and maybe Justin Herbert has a developmental jump. But the play here is obviously going to be to monitor two reports, make sure he's healthy, and then if everything's confirmed, he's good to go. I think the line moves toward the Dolphins. And you want to be ahead of that move. Yeah, I would. I would probably echo that, especially with the two the two stuff. So like doing, you know, predicting what Miami's going to do this season. And I wrote about it on the the article. It's like. I mean, you can't. Like you you can be as bullish as you want on the Dolphins, and there are a lot of people out there who are very bullish on them. I think that um, God, it was either I want to say it was Mina Kimes of ESPN who was yelling about the the offensive line is concerning because otherwise it's like this team is really good, and that's mm-hmm. true. But if Tua suffers a concussion in Week One because Joey Bosa like rips through a, a, the the offensive line and knocks him to the ground, like how is he going to play within the next six weeks? 
you know, or like the rest of the season. I mean, he, he openly stated that he considered retirement this offseason. Now, whether or not that was like actually a thing that was going to, you know, like work down that pathway is, is a little bit different. But I mean, the Dolphins for the long haul are just scary and difficult to project. For the short haul, though, what RJ saying, I agree with. It would be really, really unlikely if Tua suffers a concussion that prevents him from playing in week one. That's that's a whole different ball of wax if he deals with a concussion in uh, off-season training, um, you know, mini camp, training camp, and then preseason. Like somebody's really screwed the pooch in that particular case. Um, and then you would see the line move heavily towards the Chargers. But I think that's unlikely. I think it's much more likely to close as a pick'em. We don't see the Chargers uh, very often under Brandon Steele. I think either come out just guns blazing and blow somebody out of the water in week one. This is very advantageous to the, for the Dolphins, too. Dolphins have to take a, a cross-country trip to Los Angeles. Put that in, the, in week 11. Very tough for them with that road trip. Put it in week one. It's nothing. You know, they're yep. they're completely rested. So good, good for the schedule makers. Gave them a little bit of an edge here, if you like, in their win totals or futures betting. Just a small little thing that helps them out. By the way, the Chargers with Herbert um, lost to the Bengals, as we noted, 16. Or to beat the Bengals 16-13. Beat the Washington football team 20 to 16, 2021, and then in 2022, uh, one against the Raiders 24 19. So, three and oh, in one score games in those three years with Brandon Staley and Justin Herbert. Um, I definitely trust Herbert more than I trust Tua. I can't imagine anyone would feel differently. Um, but like, it's totally possible that. Like you want the points here, I think, more so than, than you want to, to you know, assume the Chargers just come out guns blazing. Chargers have that uh, that that consistent way to lose games that you think they're going to win. So even if <laughs> even if they do look good for a half or three quarters, then you can see them losing this game by one or two, you know, or winning the game by one or two just barely if if a, a field goal honks to the left or right. About haunting me all weekend too was the fact that I forgot to include Kellen Moore, uh, Kellen Moore revenge game Cowboys Chargers, which is uh, week six after the Chargers buy. So just just a little mea culpa there. Didn't egged on that one. RJ, how do you feel about first half bets? Because we talk about, you know, Justin Herbert or the Chargers can lose things in the final minutes of the game. Do you look at the very first week and look at maybe like first half unders or do you look at first half bets at all? First half bets in general, I think you're really just looking at the coaches that aren't very good at making adjustments or actually the ones that are and the teams they're playing. So you want to get the, I think we saw, I believe last season, the Bengals just absolutely destroyed teams in the third quarter. And um, if they became known as a team that like, no matter what the, the halftime score said, they were going to come out and play at their best after that. So um, those are teams that if you're not as confident in their spreads over the full game, maybe you fade them in the first half and then expect that, that them to come back at, at halftime or vice versa, depending on how it looks. So it really just just kind of depends on the situation the coaches involved i don't think there's a blanket thing you want to do for week one okay well things have changed in the nfc north the owner of the bears aaron Rodgers, is no longer in green bay and we see the bears now favored minus two and a half over the packers rj is the market kind of overvaluing the bears here I think absolutely. I mean, their their win total, I think, is seven and a half. I mean, we're this is the worst team in the league last year, and they've made some good upgrades. But you know, the, who knows what that defense is going to look like? Um, who knows what the offense is going to look like, especially on the offensive line, if they're going to be able to block um, for for Justin Fields? And he did some good things last year, but he's not. You know, I don't know that he has a Jalen Hurts type of level leap in him. You know, he's a good going to be a good quarterback, great for fantasy. Um, but we don't know if he's going to get to that top tier at some point. So I think this line is really telling you that. 
Green Bay, Jordan Love is already busted. And they're 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 a team that has a bust quarterback, is what the line's telling you. Mm-hmm. I think the the range of outcomes for Jordan Love are a lot wider than that. And this line is building in and actually their futures betting numbers are building into the expectation he's going to bust and he's not very good. And I would rather play the optimistic side of that and think we're getting value if that range of outcomes happens instead. So I think the 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 my power ratings have is at Bears minus one and a half. Um I could see everybody wanting to play the Bears and be at three because they're just dogging on the Packers without Aaron Rodgers, but my pick in this game is almost certainly going to be the Packers. Yep. Um, I think I actually had the Bears let me confirm. I had the Bears winning this game, but then losing like their next four. Um, and, you know, so, and like sometimes it's not like I definitely think they're going to beat Green Bay. I think this is going to be a close game, and I am I definitely side with RJ. One of the interesting things that happened psychologically when we come out of this, come out of the draft and we head into, you know, week one lines, win totals, et cetera, et cetera, is that people assign and ascribe sort of like a, 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 a anecdotal value to NFL teams based on where they picked in the draft. And everyone is forgetting because of when the trade happened that the bears were the worst team in football. And that the Panthers were not <laughs> like people in their minds are like, Oh, Carolina had the number one overall pick. Yeah. This team stinks. They've got a rookie quarterback, but it's very different than a normal first year quarterback, rookie quarterback situation. They, they were the ninth overall. They had the ninth overall pick. Not great, but I mean, you know, what did the Panthers go seven and 10? Like you're talking about in a the team that won the division. Yeah. I mean, right. They, won the division. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, so that Panthers team that's picking one isn't as bad as a typical first place or number one overall team in the draft. And the Bears who are picking at nine are not nearly as good as a typical ninth overall team in the draft. This is a Bears team that stunk. Now, granted, they got gifted the number one overall pick, but they were waltzing to the number two pick. And the idea that Justin Fields is going to take this leap and to magically become a great passer when we didn't really see that last year. He was awesome. He's an awesome athlete. He's an incredible, exhilarating player to watch. And I think he will keep the Bears competitive with his athletic skill set. But to suggest that he's just going to take this leap forward and become a really great passer, I think it is way more likely that Jordan Love becomes a good passer than it is that Justin Fields becomes a good passer in the in the year 2023. So give me the Packers for sure, even though I have the Bears winning the game as part of my larger Bears model. <laughs> your power rankings yes essentially power model yep all right well the cowboys are laying three at the giants uh this total set 247 now the cowboys did win and cover this spread m- moreover in the three games last year versus the giants giants have made some good upgrades where do you lean with this one rj yeah, I think the market is probably going to keep this around where it is. I think the value is probably on the Giants for me. I think this line probably should be closer to a pick I think we're baking in too much regression from the Giants here and not enough regression from the Cowboys. They lost their offensive coordinator. We don't know what that offense is going to look like. It could be very conservative based on comments from Mike McCarthy. The defense played out of its mind. It might might come back to earth just a little bit. Um, so I think that there's there's potential for that too. The Giants get a lot of their players they they want in place a lot more in year two um, with, with the new coaching staff. Wink Martindale getting to build that defense a little bit more but better than into the, the the vision that he's had. So I think these teams are closer to, to even than this one would imply. Um, so I'll 
trust Brian Dayball and company do enough against Dan Quinn's defense to pull off the upset. Um, just straight up, you know, I think this game is closer to 50-50 and you're getting pretty good value on the Giants at plus three and on the money line. I think at plus 135 um, doesn't state the the correctly the their possibility of winning this game. I don't make any can't make heads or tails of this. Uh, give me the Giants on the money line plus one thirty five. Really, <laughs> really should be a little more robust than the than the plus three. Like the, uh, the Cowboys have a good run. I think Breach Bre- Bre- takes like ten straight or something. Like Dak's beaten like the Giants. I think it's just like yeah. Dak has beaten the Giants like ten straight or something crazy like that. And that's great. Jason Garrett had good success in the division. Um, I am very intrigued by how this Cowboys offense is going to operate and what it's going to look like from the standpoint of Mike McCarthy has made public statements. We are going to run the damn ball in order to keep his defense fresh. And clearly flies right in the face of analytics. I do sort of wonder like, all right, you know, you cut Zeke. I still think Zeke's a decent chance to come back to Dallas. We'll see. Um, Tony Pollard's coming off of injury. And the offensive line isn't what it once was, and you have Dak Prescott and all these weapons. So it's it's very bizarre to take that approach, especially when analytics tell us that you know you throw the ball to, to get a lead, you run the ball to to you know to close it out. Um, it's it is possible. I think there's definitely pathways where this offense works for Mike McCarthy because he's a, a seasoned veteran play caller. We've seen him have plenty of success in various places, San Francisco, and then of course Green Bay. Um, is, offense has been good in, in Dallas. I just sort of think there's a chance that this attempt to come out of the gates, running the football aggressively, maybe backfires, particularly in a matchup where you have a guy like Dexter Lawrence, you have Leonard Williams, you just have some really stout defensive players up front for the giants. I think they'll be able to slow that down and kind of flip this game on its head. And the idea that Danny, Danny dimes, Daniel Jones is going to regress in his second year with Brian Dable. That is counter like counterproductive. Like he's going to take a step forward. If anything, not, not going to suck just because he got paid. I'd love the giants here. All right. Uh, one more before we take a quick break. The bills are one point road chalk at the Jets. Speaking of overvalued. I mean, what do we know that we're getting with the jets? How do you think this line is going to change RJ or is, is this an accurate line? Are the bills only a one point favorite? Well, that open and pick him at some places is already up to one. I think at some places it's up to one and a half, maybe even two. I think it just keeps climbing. I think this is similar to that Bengals-Browns game. Um, the Jets are obviously going to be be trusted more than the Browns with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. He wasn't the same Aaron Rodgers last year. Um, and so I don't think you can just ascribe all those problems with Green Bay to not the quarterback's fault. Um, the Jets are getting a guy past his prime here, um, might still have a good season in him. We saw what happened with Brett Favre. Um, but who knows? You know, I just don't think you can take for granted that the Jets are the fourth best team in the AFC and treat them like they should be head up with the Bills. Um, so I think this line continues to grow. Um, I, I, I'm not a fan of the other moves they made. You know, they're rebuilding the, the Packers offense with Nathaniel Hackett, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb. Wasn't very good last year and Hackett wasn't there. But but um, I don't know. A healthy Von Miller, I think, will get the chance to test the Jets' weakness at offensive tackle. Um, and Rodgers might not even make it the week, too. So I think my whoa, power rating, whoa, whoa, whoa. My, my power rating I'm way too low on the Jets, but I think this line's closer to you know that six range um, for the Bills, and this this line just doesn't make this much sense at all to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm it sucks for RJ, but it makes me feel good that RJ and I are sort of sharing a, a brain, as Adam Shine likes to share, likes to say on um you know on some of these picks. If I'm RJ, I'm panicked and like thinking about changing my entire model and and rewriting my power rankings because I he and I are thinking the same thing. But when you look at Buffalo this year, they are. The 2023 version of the 2022 Kansas City Chiefs. Everybody's out on them. 
You're like, well, and, and, I, and I think you are too, Katie. You're like, how can I trust this team to take my money on these futures? I'm not saying you should go bet the, the Bills to win the Super Bowl. Um, they have to go through the, the Chiefs. Like, just bet them on the, just bet the Bills on the money line in the AFC Championship game instead <laughs> of like tying up your money at five to one over the course of the entire season. It, it's just easier to do it that way. Um, everybody wants, everybody's like, all right, eh, the Bills have their chances. It's done now. And it, that to me is kind of silly because you have Josh Allen, who's an elite quarterback. You have plenty of weapons. You have a coordinator in, in um, you know, we're talking about second year, right? And Ken Dorsey, who's going to hopefully grow into the job the way that Brian Dable did. And you've had some, you had some attrition just because of you win all these games. And that's just what happens in the NFL. Everybody's talking about the Jets. Everybody's talking about the Dolphins. People want to talk about the Patriots too. Nobody wants to talk about the Bills. They are wildly undervalued in the futures market for that division at plus money. And the fact that they're only minus one here against a Jets team that will be trying to figure things out. Uh, this is an easy opportunity to buy the Bills low right now while you can. Yeah, I don't know that I agree that the Bills are undervalued. I, I'm, st- I'm not sure what the you don't have to disagree with me the, just, the, to, the just to <laughs> shake free. Or... Well, I just want to say I'm, I'm the eternal <laughs> Bills pessimist, and I'm just right. don't want Briggs and Tide me to him in this Is segment Texas you know, back? For, for 30 seconds. And I just want to state for the record that I am not an uh, optimistic on the Bills. I, I think the Dolphins might be an uh, underdog to win that division that comes through. Um, I just am very down on the Jets, and I don't think the Jets solved all their problems by trading for Aaron Rodgers like the market thinks that they have I- essentially. I had the Jets going 10 and 7, and it could have been 9 and 8 pretty easily, honestly. Like, I don't think it's you mentioned the, the week two thing. Like, dude, if, if Rodgers takes a massive hit playing in this, uh, and you know, the new, he knows the offense, but you know, behind a new offensive, there's just a lot of changing here for Aaron Rodgers. If he takes a huge hit early on, wouldn't feel comfortable and the, with them. That those Bills defenders are going to want to get after it too, because they're going to hear all offseason about Aaron Rodgers and how the Jets are going to win the division, and they're the, they're the pick everybody's backing, and he's going to get to them to the Super Bowl, and they're they're going to be tired of hearing it by the time we get to September 10th or whatever the date is, and uh, put a hurting on them. All right, guys, we have to take a quick break here. Before we do, the Champions League on Paramount Plus is down to the final four teams and two epic semifinal matchups. Defending champs Real Madrid take on tournament favorite Manchester City in a rematch of last year's thrilling semifinal. Plus, it's a clash of Italian titans as Inter squares off against AC Milan in a battle for City bragging rights. Find out which clubs will reach the ultimate goal in soccer's greatest yearly competition. Stream every Champions League semifinal match live exclusively on Paramount Plus. Try for free at paramountplus.com slash live sports. You're watching Pick 6. We'll be right back. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. 
Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Witness one of the world's biggest stars as a family man. Really? <laughs> May 17th. I just jumped into Stallone. <laughs> There's no place like Stallone. And it's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. He's the last person that wanted to do this show yet. He sees the camera and he's like, am I in frame? That's the truth. The Family Stallone, streaming May 17th, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome back to the Pick 6 Podcast. If you're not following us on social, go do that right now at Pick 6 Pod across all social media platforms. All right, fellas, we talked about some of the tighter spreads. Now let's look at some of the bigger ones. Obviously, we have the Lions at the Chiefs. The Chiefs laying a touchdown here over under pretty high at 54. We do know that the Chiefs have a hard time covering. I mean, they they don't have the best against the spread record. But how do you feel about them stacking up against the Lions laying a full touchdown, RJ? Well, this, this line is six and a half at some place. So it looks like if it goes down any toward anywhere, it, sh- it should go down toward the Lions. I would make it on the other side of seven and say Chiefs should be seven and a half. Mm-hmm. And that's even with having the Lions as one and a half points better than an average team right now. But a lot's going to depend on how that defense comes together after an awful 2022 season. They've made some draft picks. They've made some signings. We'll have to see if it works and if they're going to be competitive defensively um, because they were a train wreck for much of last year. Um, and this isn't exactly an easy way uh, to, to ease a, a defense that has questions marks into the season by playing Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. <laughs> so uh, Andy Reid in situations where he has extra time to prepare. I'm not going to do the chant with Brinson, but pretty strong record. So um, and the narrative around the Lions depleted receiving core following a number of gambling related suspensions is going to grow. And people are going to wonder who uh, Jerry Goff's going to throw the ball to in week one um, and whether they're going to be able to keep up with the Chiefs here. So um, we'll see if there's any line lines bounce buyback. Um, you know, if it gets off seven, the direction I think, but I think if you put it at six and a half and some books are starting to put six and a half out there, I want to be on the chiefs at six and a half. Yeah. The opener was six and a half, I think too. Cause we, cause I had said, I think it should be 10 and I, and I realized that it wasn't going to be 10, 10 up too many points, <laughs> but like, dude, this is the Detroit lions who are being treated as one, the favorite to win their division two a viable NFC championship team all while ignoring the fact that they didn't even make the playoffs last year. And I realized that they played well at the end of the season and that they got things going. I love Dan Campbell. I love a lot of players in this team. Jameson Williams are going to miss him while he's suspended for the gambling stuff, which is, you know, you could say is BS since he was gambling on college football, whatever. Uh, Lee McNeil's on that team, right? Like there's a lot of dudes I really, really enjoy on Detroit. Um, but this is, this is look, look, you see this helmet over my right here, the Cincy State helmet. This is like putting us in the Chick-fil-A kickoff game, okay? Because we have like a finish strong the year before, and we've got a bunch of expectations, and we're a top 15 team in the country, and we're gonna play Alabama. They like we're gonna get smoked. Detroit is not ready for this, for this, for this setting. It is not a team that has the experience 
and to come in and just be ready to take on the freaking Chiefs with Andy Reid having the entire offseason to prepare. Remember what Andy Reid and Alex Smith did to Bill Belichick and the Patriots in New England in a season opener? Like, they don't care, man. They will, they're going to obliterate the Lions in this game. And for me, the Lions' season is really all about how do they respond to that obliteration hosting uh, Seattle and Atlanta at home and then at Green Bay. Um, you know, can you – I think I think this gets ugly. I love the Chiefs, love them in teasers, love them in you know, moneyline parlays. The question is how will how will Detroit respond? Is the biggest thing for me. All right, Billy, trying to hurry us up here as he has already put the new game on uh, on the board there. So we're looking at the Cardinals at Commanders. Commanders laying six over under really low. The lowest on the board at forty. RJ, what's your take? You can hurry us right along this one because nobody should be betting this game. No one could have any interest in this game. This is a terrible game. Um, commanders, uh, my power ratings would make it six and a half, but I, I might be a little too high on the commanders there. I don't see how you can make them a huge favorites considering they have Sam Powell, at quarterback, a lot of question marks around that team. I know the Cardinals are bad, but um, you know this is week one. Again, the cross-country trip, they got nice because they get to go cross-country coming off of a, a long offseason rather than in the middle of the year. Um, and, you know, Cole McCoy had his time, his time, assuming he's the quarterback here. Um, and Kyle Murray's not going to play for a while. Um, and I, I don't know. I just think that Cole you, don't take the, game? you don't want to take the commanders <laughs> at minus six against anyone, even the Cardinals, even at home. So my lean would be to the Cardinals, even though I would project the line a little bit higher. Uh, Colt McCoy, by the way, uh, with the commanders from 2014 to 2019 for jumping on the giants. Um, uh, certainly a revenge game for Colt McCoy. You know, I, I, I'm with RJ. Just don't bet on this game. And maybe take the under. Um, yeah, it feels like 16-13 some, either way. Or 16, yeah, 12, like it, it's really hard to see a, a pathway where there's a ton of points being scored here. With And it's interesting, Sam Howell, who maybe has a little Colt McCoy in him. Um, I think some of the comps have been bandied about. But, like, just take the under and – you know, if you have to, if you have to make a pick in some kind of pickums league right now, well, one, you're a sick, sick puppy for having that type of contest uh, going on in your life, and then two, uh, I, I'm taking the points of the Cardinals just because six is too many for so many things up in the air with both these teams. I agree as well. Right, looking at Bucks at the Vikings. Vikings are seven point home chalk, which seems in line considering they set an NFL all time record for single possession wins last season. I believe that was at twelve. That's eight points or fewer. So now we have them right at a touchdown. What do you think, RJ? Yeah, seven, but even odds on, on the seven and then minus 120 on the plus seven for Tampa Bay. Some places have six and a half out. So if this line moves, it's going to move down um, and be in that six and a half range, which I think is fair. Um, you know, I have this line projected at seven, um, so I think it's fine at seven. Um, Buccaneers were a bad team last year. Now they're trading in the best quarterback of all time for a journeyman um, oh. in Baker Mayfield on his fourth team less than a calendar year. Um, I have them at four points below average. Um, which is you know pretty low on the Bucks, and even at that, I think seven is the right line. So I don't think there's too much further down to go to go on the Bucks rating there, and who knows what we're going to get with Minnesota. So I, I think RJ, it's a pretty solid you weren't line. inspired by Baker's comeback win with the uh, the Rams last season. I was not. I, anything had happened in the course of one game, and you know, weird type of things happen like that. Great moment for him, but I don't think it, it precludes a huge second act in this league. But we'll see. Branson. Brenton, you're you're a Baker believer, aren't you? A little bit. Yeah, I'm a big Baker guy. Uh, I think actually our Slack channel is titled "I'm a Big Baker Guy," or at least was <laughs> for, for a lengthy period of time. Um, yeah, I like I like Baker. I don't. Um, I mean, this line is crazy, man. Like the Vikings played 11 one score games last year. Was it 14 wow. one score games? 12, 12 one score games last year. They're due for regression, mm. um, and. 
they're getting seven, they're laying seven points against a Buccaneers team that I think plenty of people are down on. It, it, I, I don't understand this line. I'm definitely taking the seven with Baker and, and the Buccaneers, although I am not high on Tampa Bay at all uh, this season. I think, I think Tampa Bay is very live to get the, to steal the first overall pick in the draft. Yeah, and um, that defense is for Minnesota just going to be better. I think that's the key thing for me is that these situations where they might have won in a blowout, but it turned into a one-score game because they just couldn't stop anyone. Um, with Brian Flores coordinating the defense, I, I don't think that happens as much. So I think they'll be able to maintain bigger leads in the second half, which they couldn't do because of their pass defense last year. All right, moving on to two of the more talked-about teams this offseason. The Texans, of course, had the splashiest draft. The Ravens re-signed Lamar Jackson. They picked up OBJ. They're nine-and-a-half-point home chalk here, over under 44-and-a-half. This is a big spread, RJ. It is, but that's where my power ratings have it. Um, The line was Ravens minus nine on Thursday, and I wasn't sure it was going to get pushed up anymore with the buzz around the Texans, but then it went to nine and a half, and that's where it is kind of across the board right now for the most part. So um, I I think this looks like a clear under game for me with this Houston uh, team, this Houston offense without Brandon Cooks, with a rookie quarterback in the fold. I don't know if they're going to score a ton on the road in Baltimore in the first week. So um, Lamar Jackson getting his legs back under him. Um, Maybe they run up the score some, but against the D'Amico Ryan's defense, I'm not going to count on that. So at 40 Four and a half. Um, I'm probably going to lean to the under on this one. Mm. Yeah, the only thing that worries <laughs> me a little bit. We see the Ravens put up some points in Week One, man. Um, yeah, remember that was like 53 to nine against the right. Dolphins a couple of years ago. That was 2019. You know, Lamar's Lamar's first season. Uh, you know, in that Greg Roman offense, it was like a, it was like a four year stretch where they outscored the opponents like 125 points. It, in, it was like, it was outrageous, it was something incredible. It was like 59 nothing, 44 12. You know, just these ridiculous finals. That's my only real fear here with this line and this total is that you have Todd Munkin, first year offensive coordinator. You're going to be putting in some new, you know, obviously a new offense, but you know, we see what Georgia does and they love shot plays. You got Od- Odell Beckham that people, oh, yeah, yeah, I ranted about how he's overhyped and you got Lamar who just signed this big contract and like people are down on the Ravens a little bit. They know their win totals up to nine and a half and just the over now. I think people are starting to come back around on them, but like, I think Baltimore will want to make a statement here. And if you're going to make a statement, and I agree with you, D'Amico Ryan's defense is great, but if you're going to make a statement, Houston's a decent team to make a statement on. And that would be my one concern about um, taking the points, because I love Houston this year, or taking that under, which I agree with you, is probably a good look, is if Baltimore just comes out and drops a 40-burger on them and says, like, hey, remember remember this guy, the MVP from a couple years ago? Well, we got a new offense, and we're back. Um, and I feel like that's a decent chance that it happens. I, I would almost probably just stay away from this game. Uh, but you know, if you're, if you're betting it now, you take the nine and a half rather than, um, you know, or, or, or money line parlay, the Ravens or something like that. I think this might be one where you look at the first half. I feel like the Ravens last year were great in the first half and then fell apart towards the end. So maybe they come out strong and then I don't know what happens. This one was my favorite game of week one Rams at Seahawks. It opened at five and a half. Now it's six favoring the Seahawks is over under 46 and a half. I love the Seahawks in this spot because I have zero faith in what the Rams are able to do this year. What do you think RJ? Yeah, five and a half in a lot of places still, so still good value. We had my power ratings have it at nine and a half. I think there's a ton of movement that can still happen toward the Seahawks. I don't get the line at all. Rams were one of the worst teams in the league down the stretch last year. 
they have a uh, future Hall of Famer, Will Brinson's guy, Matt Stafford, back. That that should help. Um, but they did more gutting the roster than adding <laughs> to it this offseason. They look they look like they're looking toward the future here. Um, who's going to Stafford going to throw to besides Cooper Cup? I don't know. How will the offensive line keep Stafford upright? I don't know. He might get hurt again at some point this year. Who makes plays for the Rams defense if Aaron Donald's getting triple teamed, considering they gutted some of that? I don't know. I have Seahawks as two points above average, and I think the market hasn't caught up to how strong their roster is. I would not be surprised if this closes um, at seven or even seven and a half, because I think it should be in that range of Texans Ravens. Yeah. It's a lot of, a lot of points. You love Matthew Stafford. I just think that Sean McVay is going to figure something out here. I don't think the Rams are going to stink. Um, I don't, I don't think they're going to be like a 12, 11, 12 one team or anything. You know, the, 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 again, the attrition from you win a Super Bowl and you have a lot of success, team success, and you have a stars and scrubs roster, you're going to lose some of those, you know, up some of the younger, some of the, the lesser known talents who end up you know, hitting free agency and, and other teams value them and you just can't retain them. And then you got to trade Jalen Ramsey, you know, you, you don't, you, but they're getting Cooper cut back. And I really think people don't understand how hurt Matthew Stafford was last year. I'll take the six points here, but I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to tail RJ a little bit too. And, and if he thinks it's going to get to seven or more, I'm going to wait and I'll take the Rams uh, catching seven. I think, you're just going to see a very determined Sean McVay and a very determined Matthew Stafford, who people sort of treated as like, oh, nice one-hit wonder last year when McVay's only had one losing season. I like the Rams. You know he's going to figure. You know what he is going to figure. He's going to figure out what network he's going to work for in 2024. There's nowhere it's to a, go. Sabbatical. He'll figure They're something all out. Taken. That, that, that's what he's spending the year working out is figuring that out. So. My Fair favorite enough. bet in all of football is Matthew Stafford to throw an interception. Sometimes it's heavily juiced, but it hits in pretty much every single game. It but is it's a good bet. It's a good bet. Money. Free money. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break. You're watching the Pick 6 Podcast. We'll be right back. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast robert half research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring if you have open roles chances are you're feeling this too that's why you need robert half our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 
Europe's most exciting title race continues with world-class clubs, legendary rivals and unbelievable goals. Brilliant! What a goal! The Serie A lives here on CBS Sports Network and streaming live on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome back to the Pick 6 Podcast. I'm Katie Mox here with RJ White and Will Brinson. Today is our NFL Week 1 Way Too Early Betting Lines show. Make sure you join us all week to keep you up to date with all of the NFL offseason news. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe on the YouTube page. All right, now we have a game where it's take the dog or leave the dog. Which Ooh. underdogs are you betting on Week 1? We got the Jags at Colts. Jags laying three and a half. Take the dog, leave the dog, RJ White. A lot of people are going to want to take the dog because it's three and a half and they see, oh, I get the hook. I want to take that with the field goal. I am leaving it completely. I think this line should be five. I think Indianapolis, I have them as my 29th ranked team right now in the power ratings to start the season. Quarterback figures to be an issue early unless Anthony Richardson severely exceeds expectations out the gate. I'm not going to rule that out. Athletic as hell could probably do it, but I might need to be coached up some. And maybe this is a Gardner Minshew game. And if it's a Gardner Minshew game, I certainly don't want the, the Jaguars at minus three and a half. So if the Jaguars are as good as the market thinks they are, that indie assessment for me makes this line too light. Um, but if Richardson builds buzz through training camp and preseason, he's the next coming for them. You know, this line will come down. So um, you'll be glad you took the Colts a plus three and a half of that sense. So I can understand both sides of the argument. I just think Jaguars are too good here and it should be a little bit higher. I kind of think the Colts win this game, but I, I agree with you completely. Like I had the Jaguars as much, much better than, than the Colts. It's just sort of like the inverse of what happened with Indy the last couple of, like since 2014, they just can't go to Jacksonville and win football games for like at all, for some reason. Um, it does feel like, like, I think there's a case. I mean, I could just see a situation where the Jaguars lose the Indian week one and then beat the chiefs, you know? And people are like, like, what the hell? Football is weird. Um, that being said, yeah, I mean, if I think RJ spot on, if you believe that Gardner Minshew is going to start, then I will change my mind about that game. I think Anthony Richardson provides sort of the like undercover, uh, you know, like Trojan horse style attack with the Shane Steichen offense where you don't know what you're going to get from him. They're not going to show you a ton in training camp. They're not going to show you a ton of the preseason sort of thinking back to RG three a little bit, maybe in, in 2023 or I mean, 2012, excuse me. And then in 20, you know, 2022, you know, Jalen hurts takes a step. Like there's just, sometimes you just don't like, you can just sort of cover up what you're going to drop on an offense. And I think we could see that with Richardson. If it's Minshew, the line moves up and I would, I would love the Jaguar. So I think it's, to RJ's point, you sort of have to kind of track the quarterback battle and plant your flag in one of those spots here. After this game, Indy goes on the road twice at Houston, at Baltimore, then four of their next five games at home, starting with the Rams in Tennessee. I think that's a perfect time to, to debut Anthony Richardson, get him under center. All right, moving on. The Titans at Saints. Saints minus three and a half. Take the dog, leave the dog, RJ. This is one where I'm taking, I think it opened one and a half and everybody steamed Ooh. toward the Saints and I get it, you know, but getting on the other side of three and a half, I think is too much for me. This is still a Ryan Tannehill team. I don't think he's going to get traded and all indications are he's going to be the starter there. Um, even if it is Will Levis, I think it's him beating out Ryan Tannehill for the job and then they figure out what to do with Ryan Tannehill after that, which is a good sign for for Levis and they still have Derrick Henry. And um, against this defense, the Saints defense that has issues in the middle, that's why they went and got Brian Brisset in the first round. Um, and I don't know that he's the type player that can necessarily fix things all by himself. I think that you can attack them with Derrick Henry at running back and keep this game close and too much respect for Mike Vrabel. If he's getting more than three points in a game, I'm probably going to want to take take the Titans in that game. So I do have the Saints at one and a half points better than a new, on a neutral field. But if you flip the ratings for these teams and made the Titans one and a half points better by the end of the season, it wouldn't shock me that much considering the coach. So I, I think there's value here on the Titans. I, I, I had the Titans winning this game outright. I think it's a good look uh, that plus 162 on the money line. 
Uh, under is probably a pretty good look too, with the way that these two teams coach and the way that they play the, the Derek Carr hype. I, I get it. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to poo poo Derek Carr. I just think it's a little bit overblown and you better believe that Mike Vrabel is hearing everybody talk about how the Titans are toast and how the Titans can't do much. I mean, they've still got like, they're not a great team. The offensive line has fallen apart. You have major questions at, at the skill positions in terms of who's going to be catching the football, but they still got Derek Henry. They still got Ryan Tannehill. They still got Mike Vrabel and they still have a decent defense. Like it wouldn't, shouldn't surprise anybody when this team is like just gutting out 16, 13 victories or like, or like 13, 10 wins um, in week five. And all of a sudden they're four and one. And people are wondering like, Oh, like what, like is Tennessee good? Like what the hell is happening? I, I, I absolutely take the dog in this spot. Okay. The Patriots are four and a half point home dogs against mm. the Eagles. And look, Eagles obviously had a great draft, had a pretty good offseason. Patriots did not. But the Patriots will be honoring Tom Brady at this game. So there's a lot of good juju in the building. Take the dog, leave the dog. Yeah, back to five here. I mean, it's been four and a half at some places, five at some places. I was a little surprised that when it was five, it moved down to four and a half because I figured everybody would want to be on the Eagles after that draft. And they would be the the, the narrative. And I think I'm probably the high person on the Patriots. I think upgrading from that uh, dynamic duo of Matt Patricia. <laughs> to Bill O'Brien is one of the biggest upgrades you're going to see, um, similar to what uh, Brian Dayball did and taking over for Joe Judge in New York. Um, and he's going to know how to run an offense here. And I think that he can make the page, he'll help make the Patriots offense competitive. Mac Jones did some good things in his first year, very efficient, throwing the ball downfield. They were gone last year because they just did not have any, any idea what they were doing on offense. So I think they can come out, surprise the Eagles a little bit, make this a closer game than, than people think. I, my power ratings would put the line at minus five. So I think it's a, a line that makes sense, but I do, I, like I said, I'm high on the Patriots. I think the value is going to be on, on new England in week one, um, catching five points. Yeah, give me the dog to win the game again. Ooh. Patriots beat the Eagles. I've actually uh, here's a hot take for you, like just pure. It's not even really trolling because I actually have the Patriots um, within one. I think the Patriots Patriots win as many games as the Eagles do this year. Oh, how about that? How you like them the apples? Um, look, this is a prime sell high buy low situation. Nobody wants to be on the Patriots. The Patriots win total is seven and a half. Seven and a half for a Bill Belichick team. I think that they're going to go over. I don't think it's going to be easy. I, you know, maybe you see a little something like Tennessee, where this defense is really good. You know, you you have a Belichick situation where I'm always drinking the pot. Um, <laughs> the uh, no, I'm, I'm not. Right. <laughs> you would like some water right now. Uh, look, Belichick has a lengthy amount of time to prepare. You have a Eagles team that lost its offensive coordinator, lost its defensive coordinator. You know, you have a ton. Like, people don't understand. I mean, people don't bake that in enough. Like you think about the bills last year and how, you know, with Dorsey, Dable leaving a Dorsey in, like there's some, you know, you can come out of the gates hot, but there's some, there's some transition that you have to overcome when you make these big changes. There's some personnel misses. Um, the Patriots are largely the same, except for that massive, 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 massive upgrade from Matt Patricia and Joe judge to bill O'Brien. It can't be overstated. And I think the Patriots win this game and you know, the Eagles look, the Eagles are going to be coming in a little, yeah, they're excited for the season, obviously, but their schedule is 32nd in terms of, uh, or excuse me, it's the hardest strength of schedule in the league, as John Breach noted, versus last year having the easiest. Everybody's going to be on the Eagles here. Give me the pass to win. 
Oh, I like that take here. Okay, so two quarterbacks that know each other very well. Jimmy Garoppolo, a three-and-a-half-point dog versus Russ Wilson in Raiders at Broncos. Russell Wilson obviously coming off of career worst in completion percentage, passing touchdowns, passer ratings, you name it. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo back with his old coach there. How do you see this one going, RJ? Yeah, I have my power to just have it at three and a half as it is the correct line. Um, and I saw one sports uh, book operator um, commenting and saying that they were they were waffling between between three and five for this game. They landed on three and a half, which tells me it might be a little bit more baked in um, to go a little bit higher here. Um, again, talking about coaching upgrade, Sean Payton's just a matchup, massive upgrade on the operation based on what they had last year. And it is possible that the Broncos are the team the market thought they were last offseason where they had Ooh. the Jets type of helium, you know, and they don't have that this year. Um, and, you know. The Denver also has a big home field advantage early in the season. I mean, yep. this is weeks one and two. You want to play them. And especially if my ratings say that three and a half is the right line for any week of the season, a week eight, week nine, I want to be on that three and a half side if Broncos are at home. So I initially projected the spread would grow when it was on the key number of three Thursday night at some places. And, and it's got the hook now. If it moves back again um, and, you know, if it moves again, it might be back to three. And then I would look to back Denver. So I'm waiting on this one, hoping to get a three at some point. Yeah, I love Denver too. Uh, RJ points out the, the the home field advantage enormous in Mile High or whatever Invesco, whatever it is now. Uh, early in the season, you know the Raiders are situated fairly closely from a geographical standpoint, but you just can't adjust to it. It, it is a legitimate big deal. Um, the Broncos will have been training there, working out their preseason there. It, it's just a, it's just a very hard adjustment, and the the Sean Payton stuff is huge. Like he he has you know he is working for this new ownership. He has. Like if Russell Wilson has a great first game against a Raiders defense that, you know, has Max Crosby was fairly toothless with Chandler Jones. Uh, and we don't think necessarily is going to be great uh, in 2023. And Russ has an awesome first game. People are going to be talking about, oh, my God, the Broncos. Of course, Russ is a franchise quarterback. Yes. He just needed Sean Payton. And it, it just feels very obvious. That's where the narrative's heading. I think Denver rolls in this one. Ooh, not good news for my Jimmy Garoppolo. I will say, Jaime in the chat says, Will Brinson is officially not allowed on the Eagles train in 2023. And I, I will say, I was, the one yeah. person who's not going to be on, except for me, is Will Brinson. Yeah. He's probably like, never getting on the Eagles. I was, I was on the Eagles bandwagon before anybody else last year. I was the <laughs> first one on the bandwagon. I mean, not, not like Eagles honks and, you know, like Diva uh -huh. Billy, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But like, like legitimately on the Eagles, picked him to, picked him to make the Super Bowl in, during the draft last year. And this year, it's, it's just an obvious sell high situation for Philly and I'm not rooting against them, but I just don't think they're going to be nearly as good. I just think the listeners are relieved. They're not going to have to hear about it every week from you about how, how great you were for calling the Eagles, you know, rise to power that can, that's now put in the past. He's, he's officially saying that they're going to lose week one to the Patriots. So um, sure. we can stop saying that. Do you want to know who my, the Brinson model has spoken. Who's, who do you think my obnoxious I'm on them as they, as they got better. And I won't stop talking about a team is going to be for 2023. That could be a uh, show. The Jags. Yeah, it could be anyone. Um, I mean, it could be the Broncos <laughs> we just talked about. Um, I don't think it's going to be the Lions. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I would say uh, the Patriots, based on what you just said about them being the Eagles, it is an option. So maybe one of those teams, maybe the Ravens with Lamar back. I don't know. You'll have to tell me. Might be a, might be a, might be a bird. Might be a bird involved. Well, the Arizona Cardinals, I should have guessed. The Atlanta Falcons, oh. actually, actually. Maybe let's do this. Oh let's yeah, do ten this. wins. That makes let's sense. Do, let's do this as its own show one uh, one day during the off season where we just we narrow it down and we then we reveal it like Bachelorette style. Yes, yes, I love that. Okay, one last game to look at. The 49ers are laying three um, in Pittsburgh. 
this total 41 and a half. I, to me, this feels like a stay away game until you know who the quarterback is going to be for San Francisco. But would you take the dog Steelers plus three here, RJ? I would. My, my ratings have a two and a half, and that's assuming that the quarterback situation is going to be fine, which we obviously don't know at this point. Um, so I think there's a lot more downside baked in for the Niners on this line. I think the Steelers are on the rise. Kenny Pickett in year two, it, he probably is going to make some progress. They were able to address some of their issues into the, in the draft. So um, I have the 49ers rated as if they'll have whoever their quarterback one is for this game, whether it's Brock Purdy or Trey Lance. Um, and even then, I think there's slight value on Pittsburgh. So I want to take Pittsburgh plus three. I'm not sure if the market gives me any better. Maybe if we, if we do get positive news from the Niners it grows and we can get a plus four at some point um but I'm gonna probably be on the Steelers either way RJ at what point are you going to reveal your Trey Lance Brock Purdy's 45 to 1 to an MVP what's Trey I'm trying to find Trey Lance right now because I I was doing some um best ball drafts on uh Sunday night on DraftKings I just had like long story I just dove in them and I was stunned by how late you can like you can get Trey Lance with your last like one of your last like three or four picture of the, of, of the draft and i mean last year he got down to like 35 to 1 to an mvp before the season it's it's pretty crazy um i assume it's something like 500 to 1 at this point because everyone expects katie that uh, he's going to be moved at some point yeah or that brock purdy will be the starter i i think i think lance is a great by low opportunity oh Okay. Dep- yeah, oh, depends on, depends on where he's playing. Yeah. Um, you know, if he gets traded and Brock, Brock Purdy's the guy, then who knows what his situation is going to be. So I wouldn't play him now. I the reason I was on him last year was because the Kyle Shanahan thing and they invested so much to go get him and trusting in Kyle Shanahan's vision. Um, if he gets traded to some random place and, he, and he's, you know, uh, who knows what that offensive coordinator vision is going to be. Um, so I wouldn't play him. The problem with uh, who's going to be that guy, you typically look for a year or two quarterback and the year, the quarterbacks last year weren't great. So maybe it's going to pick it. You know, I don't think he feels like an MVP level quarterback. If they were, if the Atlanta wins 10 games, maybe it's Desmond Ritter, you know, and that's their super long shot play to take. So we'll see. Um, I think you're probably going to go outside the mold of those type of guys though. But, but Katie, Katie's, I don't even know what that sound or noise, like what that was, but I was like, I think Trey Lance is a good buy low. And you're like, Oh, that's so cute. It is like, cute it was, because one cool. look, Trey Lance might very dismissive. Dis- <laughs> well, because I, because I think Brock Purdy is going to be the starter. I think Trey Lance will start a couple games until Brock Purdy is ready. Then Brock Purdy is going to come in. And so I don't think there's any chance of that happening. Although if we want to talk about what would be the most insufferable win you could possibly have, it would be you saying right now, Trey Lance is the MVP and that ends up happening. We probably would I, never hear the end of that. Well, the interesting thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, well, now, now look, RJ, by the way, nailed Jimmy, uh, nailed Patrick Mahomes 75 to 1 to win MVP in 2017. 55. So, 55. But yeah. Yeah, but the interesting um, thing with the odds now, you're talking about the San Francisco quarterback situation. I think a lot of people think Brock Purdy's the guy based on his, his what he did last at the end of last year. Injury. The uh, Trey Lance is 40 to 1. Brock Purdy's 45 to 1 to win MVP. So, I mean, the odds are putting oh, Purdy behind Lance. If you, if, if, if that's the play. Down then maybe, uh, maybe you want to take Purdy at 45 to 1 if you think that's the guy that, that we saw last year. I would definitely take him over Lance at this point. Let's go. Brock Purdy to win MVP. That has my vote and my money. Okay, that's going to wrap it up for us today. Thank you so much, gentlemen. And thank you for tuning in. Make sure you join us tomorrow at 1 p.m. for more off-season coverage. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe on the YouTube page. For everyone listening to audio only, do the same. Download, follow, leave a five-star review. Tell your friends to listen and watch the pod. And we'll see you tomorrow. Old man. 
and winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.